Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Warning, warning, warning. Amanda Ferguson is back on the drink. All right, Frank. <laughs> Amanda, we're talking about uh, dry January. Um, <laughs> this is your last day sober, is it? Yes, well, um, I don't have a drink problem, but I do like a drink. Um, <laughs> and at the end of each year, I always put together a list of things that I want to do for the year ahead. Um, I'm focusing on sort of work-life balance and my health was my priority this year. So I thought dry January would be a bit of a kickstart because I've done Super October before and I've done dry January in the past. So I thought I would give it a, a whirl, but it sounds like a very long five weeks. It feels like the longest month of the year so far. Was it, mm-hmm. was it difficult? Because remember now, you're talking to someone who doesn't drink at all and I've gone through the best part of you know 52 years without having a drink and I have to say that I'm sitting here sober every morning and I never have a hangover and I don't get the highs or the lows of drinking. Convince me that maybe in February I should start having a tipple. Oh, no, I'm not going. I'm not going to do that, Frank. But um, what happened was just before Christmas, the Sunday before Christmas, I had a big party, and it was an outrageous amount of alcohol was taken on board. I almost felt as if I poisoned myself. So I didn't uh, really uh, have much to drink from, from Christmas until New Year's Eve, and then I had I limited myself to five drinks on New Year's Eve. Stopped at midnight, and then uh, toasted the New Year with a glass of Schlur. Um, but I was grand for the first 12 days. I was actually quite smug about the whole thing. I was like, this is easy. This is fine. There's no bother. And then on the 12th of January, um, we had a prearranged girls' night where we were all going for dinner and we were all going to a stand-up show. And I was the only one that wasn't drinking. So everybody was absolutely steaming. Like, it was bottle of wine after bottle of wine. And it, it sort of shocked me a little bit because I felt, God, I'm being really quiet. I'm being a, a bit of a bore. And, I, you know, I was telling the other girls, you know, to quieten down a little bit. And I thought to myself, my goodness, is this is this uh, is this from is this what it's going to be like all month? So then um, the next time that I had an event to go to was like a, it was a launch party out in in Galgorm and uh, it was a free bar. So everybody was you know enjoying all of the the hospitality. So I decided to go for mocktails. So I had like um, strawberry daiquiris and you know virgin fruit punches and all of these different um, drinks that were kind of like placebos. And I actually relaxed into it a bit more and found myself. 
um, you know, not missing, um, be it being drunk or, you know, or, or, or having a drink as well. And then randomly, the next time I felt tempted was my partner had brought home a box of beer and put it in the fridge. And like, we had loads of drink left over from Christmas and I hadn't, you know, really been, it's been staring at me like, but I could really have done with a, a cold tin of beer. Um, and then again, whenever I was out there at the weekend, it was like we were on a, a tour up in Derry, like a Derry Girls tour. And um, everybody was getting stuck into the Prosecco. And again, I, I went on the, the mocktails. So I'm looking forward to having a drink tonight. It has been a challenge, but I, I suppose the only thing that you can really compare it to is whenever you have to give up ice cream at Lent. Yeah, yeah, I love ice cream. And I, I you know, I can, if I take one, I have to take another. And then I could spend the whole afternoon making my way through a big tub of mods. I, I adore it. But I have to stop doing that because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not getting any younger. Uh, having said all of that, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who works in UTV. Uh, this was yesterday. And she, we were talking about two mutual friends that we have who are having a bit of time away together and my friend in UTV said to me, gosh they're away together again, they'll be drinking at an industrial level and I I thought that was an amazing way of describing it because uh, both these people would indeed be you know, fond fond of a bottle. Having said that you made a similar reference to the amount of drinking that you were doing just before mm-hmm. Christmas. Uh, do, do you mind describing what would have been the intake for a great night on the time? Well, I, I'm not particularly someone who drinks in the house, but whenever I go out, you know, I know that if I have five drinks that I'll be okay the next day, I'll know I've had alcohol, but if anything goes up beyond that, then I'm in trouble. Um, and this, this party that I had in the house, you know, it was bottles of champagne and Prosecco one after the other, and I was sort of po- going around making sure everybody's glass was filled and filling my own glass at the same time. So it actually felt, it felt like it was excessive. It was way too much. I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you how much it was where we're, we were partying into the wee small hours of the morning and the whole next day I felt as if, I felt as if I, uh, the fear, as they said, I, just, I felt traumatized by how much alcohol it has. So I wouldn't recommend, I wouldn't recommend that. And I think that what, what's been good about dry January for me is that I've been doing sort of losing weight and eating properly and all that stuff as well. So I've been cooking all my meals at home, which means I got a wee, um, uh, email from the delivery service the other night saying, you know, you haven't used this for a month, you know, here's an offer. It's almost like, you know, a dealer trying to lure you back into your unhealthy way. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm going to be working tonight um, to cover the, the, the Brexit exit tonight and then at midnight, because I'm being a stickler for the exact rules, I'm going to have a wee uh, glass of uh, Prosecco topped with uh, a strawberry liqueur um, and then that's going to be probably me, I hope, until around Valentine's Day when I'll have a few drinks then. So for me, what what it will act as as a way of like not jumping straight back into drinking excessively, I'm going to try and maintain it. That whenever I do go out and have drinks, or if I'm having a party or something like that, that I try to stick to that sort of four or five drink limit. And I know that perhaps the the public health agency would have something to say um, about units um, uh, of alcohol. So I'll try maybe to you know like they say have a drink and then have a glass of water, have a drink and have a glass of water to spread it out over the evening. But it's certainly um, you know it's um, I have lost a bit of weight um, this month, and I'm sure that not drinking booze has contributed towards that. And imagine if I hadn't done drinking. January, I wouldn't have done as well on the weight side of things because we all know that it's full of empty calories. But it hasn't turned me into a pioneer. Um, but it's making me think more about how much I'm going to be drinking this year. Although I'm, I'm never going to be, um, you know, abstinent. 
like yourself. You are a very hard-working journalist and you're always available for a comment on what's happening across the country. Uh, you're covering all the issues and the topics, so as a result of that, it's go, go, go. Do you ever think, as you get slightly older, and you're, you're a very young woman, but do you, do you ever worry that maybe, maybe you and your friends, all the peer group, all the other people who are on the lash quite a bit, that it could catch up with you? Yeah, well, the, the, that is something to think about. Look, I've gone through various stages. Um, you know, like I enjoyed myself whenever I was a, a teenager, I'm afraid to say, um, and also at university as well. But I didn't really drink that much in my sort of late 20s and early 30s. Um, I, I was actually sort of getting back into getting into journalism as a, as a new career for me. I've already been doing this uh, for a decade and I'm 40 now. Um, whenever you're a journalist, people tend to want to push drink into your hand. Like there's lots of events that you can go to and people are happy to, you know, hand you a glass of this and a glass of that. So I can understand why in years gone by, you know, there, there was an association with alcoholism or problems um, with drink within journalism, you know, particularly if you were dealing with all that, that sort of extreme element um, of our news cycle uh, where people just did go to the, the pub to try and um, drink away, you know, what they'd uh, witnessed. Um, but, you know, I, I don't feel as if, I feel as if what I, I need to do is whenever I go out or I'm having drinks is to know whenever to cut it off. Like, I'm not, I'm never going to be someone who doesn't um, drink at all, but I definitely want to scale back on how much I'm drinking when I do drink. Um, you know, I wouldn't do the sort of person that would come home uh, and, you know, crack open a bottle of wine or anything like that, but I need to sort of try and rein it in uh, whenever I do decide to have a drink, so I just don't go, you know, out of the, um, uh, you know, outrageously as if as if I'm drinking water. So that's going to be, for me, the lesson for the rest of this year to try and sort of um, limit how much I'm drinking whenever I do actually drink. But I think, you know, it's still... It's the same as most things, you know. Um, like I give up, I give up smoking, which of course no cigarette is any good for you, and it's it's always going to be bad for you. But I think it's possible to have a glass or have the odd one or have you know um, a drink if you're out for dinner and for it not to be a problem. Um, I, I don't ever feel as if the amount that I've drank has ever been like a you know moving into sort of alcoholism territory or anything like that. Um, I've just sort of always uh, been been sociable and like to party. So I just think um, moderation, as my my uh, late nanny used to say, you know. A bit of what you fancy. Um, so if I can do it in moderation, then I'm, I'll, I'll be happy enough with that. A bit of what you fancy never does you any harm at all. I'm just looking at a text here which is highlighting the sharpness of the ears of our listeners, Amanda. It's from PJ in Hannestown and he says, Mm -hmm. Amanda is saying there on the radio, dry January felt like the longest month of the year so far. Well, actually... It is the longest month it's of the, the year month. so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I, I did, uh, it's been a, it's felt like, it's felt like a year has been squeezed into five weeks, but um, I suppose whenever you're starting off on this, it's like 31 days. Uh, it's, it is, you know, it's not like a, it's not like February where you get the, you get away with it easy. It's a, it's a long, old track like, so. It um, is. I'm looking forward to having a wee drink tonight, but as I say, I'm only having one, so that's all right. Yeah, and you will be covering Brexit tonight. Will you be at that hot rocking party outside the gates of Stormont with with Jim Wells? Well, yes, I, I probably will be. Um, you know, I've been, I've been talking to my different editors, and I know that there's a number of protests along the border. Um, although we know that the the border um, issue is, is largely sort of being resolved, um, so I think that that's just a, a demonstration. Whenever I've been speaking to the border communities against Brexit, people they've said that it's 
um, more to, to show those their concerns about rights and um, you know about representation going forward because Northern Ireland didn't um, vote to leave the EU. And then um, you know I've had a chat with them, and uh, so I think I'll probably uh, hold up and, and have a chat to unionists because of course unionists are, are, are deeply concerned about this Irish Sea border, and um, it, you know it's, it's been interesting to, to watch all of this unfold. You know where where nobody's happy really with what's happening. You know I know that people will be uh, some people will be happy that um, we're leaving the EU. Many hundreds of thousands won't be, uh, but it'll be interesting to talk to Jim and any other unionists up there about uh, about the future of the union, really, because I suppose that's the next um, big big talking point. We have to work out how this all these checks between GB and NI are going to work. What does that mean for Northern Ireland's part of the union? And then as we're, as we're moving forward, you know, that conversation about a border poll and a new Ireland, um, it's going to dominate, I think. And, and in part, that's been accelerated by Brexit, which is, for me, I, I kind of view it, um, you know, the unionists that have helped deliver Brexit, it almost seems like an own goal for them because um, it's accelerated that conversation and, you know, in a way that, um, you know, has surprised quite a lot of us. You know, we're having conversations with people um, about, you know, their, their views on Europe and Ireland and Irish unity and the new Ireland and the relationship with Britain in a, in a way that we haven't done before. So, uh, I'll be there, and uh, I'm sure it'll be uh, crack of some description. <laughs> I'm sure there will. Amanda, great speaking to you, and uh, thanks very much for that insight. I, th- I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. No worries. Bye bye. That's Amanda Ferguson getting ready to party. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.